0: Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarraga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. I wanna get into the word right away. And um, I just, I wanna thank you uh, for being here this morning, being in the house of the Lord, so many of you uh, here this morning. And uh, I just, I thank God, even as things are opening up, uh, there's a larger number able to be in the sanctuary And uh, even next week, even more so. Um, I thank God for your faithfulness. I thank God for your uh, taking part in the different things that need to be done here in the church. And not just in the church, but in your lives, that you're faithful before the Lord. And uh, so thank you uh, for trusting in him. And this morning, if your, your faith is faltering, I want you to know... That there, we have a high priest that intercedes for us. That we can come boldly to the throne of mercy and grace necessary in our lives and in your life. And um, you would not ever fear. And so that intercession of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is that your faith would not falter. As he said to Peter, the enemy, Satan, has come to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed that your faith would not falter. And as you would go through what you go through, Peter, even to the point of denying the Lord Jesus three times, you will get through this and you will strengthen the brethren. I want you to know that God has things for you to do this morning. He has things for you to do this morning. And uh, you say, well, really, me? Can the Lord use me? Absolutely, absolutely. Today, I I entitle this part four of the most important thing or things series, uh, man with a mission. Man with a mission or woman, young man, young woman, boy, girl, with a mission. Jesus had a mission and he completed the mission. The task that was arranged from before time even began. The Lord knew, God knew That there would be, that he would create beings in his image. And even as we would be in the image of God, one of the greatest things is volition. I say, what is that? It is free will. You able to choose. You able to to choose to, to serve God or not. To acknowledge God or not. To, to live according to his ways or not, to have life or not, to have eternity with him or not, that's volition, choice. A man with a mission, the Lord knew, the Father knew, the Son knew, the Holy Spirit knew before the universe was even created that Jesus would go to the cross, because with free will, there was a falling. You say, man, I wouldn't have done what Adam and Eve did. I wouldn't have sinned. Man, they were in paradise. Like, what more could they have wanted at that point in time? And they fell. And so the Lord made a way for there to be relationship with God, even as they sinned. And the Lord said, the day you sin, you will surely die. They died that day. The day they sinned, they died. They died because they were removed from fellowship with God. But even in the very beginning, already it was spoken that there would be a way. And even for Adam and Eve, that way is the same as it is for us. Faith in a sacrifice, not just any sacrifice, but the completed mission of Jesus Christ, who still had to come, was 4,000 years in the future for Adam and Eve. 4,000 years in the future. For us, it's 2,000 years back. The mission was completed. There was no doubt that he wouldn't complete the mission. There was absolutely no doubt. Praise God. Praise God. He is victorious. He is sovereign. He is above all. And that reality needs to be a reality that you have each and every day, that God is sovereign, Jesus Christ is sovereign, and he's able to bring victory in your life daily. I would ask, just leaving Jesus out of the equation, I recognize maybe the, the group that I have here this morning and maybe online Maybe if I ask the question, what is the most important thing for a person? Leaving Jesus out of the, the equation at this point. So for the unbeliever, the one that doesn't know Jesus, what would you say is the most important thing for them or would come up? What's the most important thing? Let me ask you that question. What do you say? is there life is there even life after death? to to live what's happen, what's what's going to happen after death? can i know? yeah, that's that's uh, that would be a problem. not knowing that there's life is there life after death or not. i don't know. man that's a hopeless situation. I think there is. I'm not sure. No, there's not. What else would be more most important in our lives, or in, in the, especially the unbeliever's life, for today? The most important thing for them, yeah. Happiness. happiness. I just want to be happy. And whatever way, if, whatever way I can find to have happiness, I will chase after it, and it doesn't matter, doesn't matter what way I can find it, I will find happiness. And so there's a seeking of happiness. Well, if I try this, if I try that. If I do this, or I do that. And it's the pursuit of happiness, and when you finally get what you think will make you happy, it might be this happiness is there for a few moments and then it's gone. What's the most important thing? What else would people say, hey, this is what is most important. If I have it, this is most important. Yeah, so, okay, so, so there's this thing of, of viewing self. It's all about me. The most important thing is me. That's what's most important is me. I I don't need to care about anybody else and so there's this elbowing and there's this kicking down. Anybody that gets in your way for what you want. And whatever way, once again, it's, it's all about me. I know somebody. It was all about them. They pursued, there was a pursuit of what they wanted. In the end, man, they were wealthy, wealthy. Can you imagine having a six or 7,000 square foot cottage on the lake? That's just your, your cottage on the lake. Lost his wife children wanted nothing to do with the man, to go to an empty house on the lake by yourself. It's all about me. You know what? Maybe you'd say relationship and family, so important, it is important, to go past me, to to have relationship when you don't have it. It's hard. When you're all alone, it's hard. When there's been a, a breaking down and a turmoil within the family, and family is not family, and it's, it is every man for himself, where there's been things said or done, and there's been a breaking of relationship, and you're on your own. Family would be so important. I just, I jotted down a few things here. I think people would say, man, if I only, if I had good health, if I had good health, that's important to be able to, to do what you, you could do when you're 17 or 18. You guys, can you, re, can you remember that when you're 17 or 18? I know that some of you are, are close to that age or around that age you get older, things creep in, can't do what you could do in the past, or there's a pursuit of correcting whatever health issue in your life. I need to correct it or fix it, or somebody's gotta help me get through it. We talked about money, finances. We talk, we can talk about purpose, We could talk about future, we could talk about goals. With that, you would need to have some ambition. You would need to have dream or vision. What about hope? Without hope, you give up. I can't even complete the task. I can't even, I I don't even feel like getting up in the morning because there's no hope. Everything is dark. Everything is half-full or half-empty. I have no hope, no peace, no security. Whatever the view is, having Oftentimes it's about, yeah, me having my short term and long term needs met, my goals, my whatever. For me, let them be met. What I want, let let it happen. That's if you're in charge. Our government seems to know exactly what you need, what will make you happy. What you make you safe? They know it's amazing how they've extended their their views on us at this point. You come to church, you have to sit a certain way, say, Pastor. Hey, let me, t- let me share some good news with you. Because I'll tell you right now, <laughs> without Jesus, you may think there's good news, or you may think that things are good. Without Jesus, we're not going to make it. Without Jesus, we are dead in trespasses and sins, but the good news is this, that Jesus completed the mission He fulfilled his mission, and that we can have life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know what? We, as believers, we skip over things, and we don't realize the depth of that. We don't recognize... The life that the Lord would give us, even now. Good news. Good news. Should be for everyone. There should be good news in your life. There should be good news to you. Someone... My neighbor, retired. I heard, hey, I heard the good news, you're retiring. Hey, that reality is there, you've retired. That's great, awesome. Said to my neighbor, I'm so happy for you, so happy for your wife. That's wonderful, that's good news. The Lord came to do a certain thing and he did it. The reason that he came, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly and that life can only be and has only been reality to us as we've grabbed a hold of the completed mission of Jesus Christ when he said it is finished, and he died on the cross for us. It was finished, completed. Listen, the Lord desires to do a work in our lives. He completed the mission that brings us life as we would believe in him. He completed that mission 2,000 years ago, but there's a continued work that he would desire to do in our life. I, I don't know if the, the, the thought ever crossed your mind, why do we have four gospels? Four good news. Four different views. So many, so many of the. if you read, especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke, so many of the things that are mentioned in those three books in particular are the same account. The same account. All four of them talk about Jesus dying on the cross for us, going to the cross, what led up to going to the cross. But why four Gospels? Why why were four Gospels written? Why do we have four Gospels? Jesus desires to do a work of mission within us. So I want to say this today. I want you to listen very carefully. For most of you here, Jesus has begun the work. He started a work in you. In Philippians 1 verse 6, it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He has begun a good work in you, and he will continue it right until the day that the Lord calls you home, whether it's before the trumpet or at the trumpet sound. I believe that most of you here will make it, will not die physically. I believe that you will still be alive when the trumpet sounds. The Lord has begun a work, and we need to continue to allow him a continued work in our life, and that there would be a completing of a mission, of the mission that he has for us in our lives, that he would complete the mission. In Hebrews 13, verse 20, listen to this, listen to this. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, he's our shepherd, we are the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. To make us complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, through him, and through his finished work. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let it be. Make it so. Let it be. Lord, let it be. I talked about volition, free will. You have free will. To resist the work of the Lord and the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You have free will to say no 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 I've got my own plans Lord or no, no 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 not now or no not today I want I got my things to do so the plans that you have and I'm let me let me say I'm not talking just general I am talking specific for you. They are specific to you. Do you feel that the mission that God would have for you is being accomplished in your life? Is it being finished? Is, it, is there a work that's being done? Or it's like... Uh... To make us complete in every good work to do His will working in us what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen." I want you to turn in your Bibles to Philippians 1, verse 3. Philippians 1, starting at verse 3. I I refer to the Gospels, why are there four Gospels in the Bible? There's a reason for that. Because every focus, whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, every focus is a reality of who Jesus is and needs to be in our life. I'll tell you, most people, We grab a hold of John, we grab a hold of the focus of John and the emphasis of John being Jesus as savior and we grab a hold of that initially. And it's just, there's an, an initial thing of, I got saved. I gave my life to Jesus and there's new life that came in you. Your sins were forgiven that which separated you from God, just one sin, and the Lord took care of that sin, and you were washed and cleansed, and you were born of God, and you became a child of God, a little baby, and you began to grow. And we just, we don't recognize the good news of Jesus Christ in regards to how Matthew presents Christ, or Mark, or Luke, that there would be a good work completed in us. So I wanna tie today the, the mission of the Lord in our lives, in your life today, with good news, the four gospels. And I, I, I recognize, like I already knew two, three, four weeks ago, I knew that I, 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 I touched on this four weeks ago. I've touched on it over the years. And even today, it was like, oh, my goodness. I want, I want that there's a revelation in your life because I, I, I want to expand it. If you really don't know Jesus, you just know him as, as savior, there is way more that the Lord wants to do on you and through you. There is way more that the Lord wants to do on you and through you beyond salvation. If I was still the same way as I was when I was seven, when I gave my life to Jesus, and that's all that happened, man, would I have missed out on so much of life. What the Lord wanted to do, I just say, thank you, Jesus. And a lot of people, they just stay at the point where they got saved, and and they just... I don't know, they go around in these tiny little circles around that. That's all it is, just a little circle. Well, I'm saved. And there's not, not, no moving forward. There's nothing. There's, there's no change, and there's no life beyond that. Philippians 1, verse 3. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy, just remember, Paul here is in incarcerated, four years of incarceration. So, this is probably about two to three years into him being incarcerated. Couldn't do what he wanted to do. I'll tell you, Philippians is a book of, man, is it a positive outlook on life. Beautiful. When all is negative around you, man, Philippians is an amazing book. He says, making all, uh, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. Are you kidding me? Really? In prison? Or held restricted? Now listen, here, I, I want you to grab a hold of this. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Your fellowship in the gospel, your fellowship, the word is koinonia, there's an association, there's a, 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 a wrapping or together, a togetherness, and it has to do with fellowship, with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. From the first day until now, there was not a stagnation, there wasn't that it was things were not progressing, But there was a progression because of the Gospel and the continuation of the Gospel. It was not just, well, hey, that happened to me 50 years ago. Sometime this summer, I don't know if it was July or August, 50 years ago, I got saved. Man, there's been so much that has happened as a result of fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. I say, oh man. say, pastor, did you have any problems in the last 50 years? Was everything great? Was everything good? You never went through any storms? (laughs) Yeah, no. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that went, that I went through that happened and storms of life and whatever. But man, the Lord Jesus is faithful, was faithful, is faithful, and will continue to be faithful. And he will see through. Doesn't matter what storm that may come against us, what obstacle, what mountain, it does not matter. And I've got 50 years to prove it. I I could go on for hours. This is what the Lord did here and here and here as a result of fellowship with the gospel. A fellowship in the gospel. I've grabbed a hold of the good news of Jesus Christ in my life. And there's a, an expanding. It doesn't just stop at salvation 50 years ago. Man, there's been so much that has taken place. I say thank you. Being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. It's not like, oh, you got saved, you're done now, we're good. The Lord is saying, I have started a work in you and I want to continue a work in you and the fellowship of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen, I say all of that to say this, there is so much work for us to do yet before Jesus comes back. I'll tell you, Jesus, Jesus is not coming back yet because there is still a mighty harvest that needs to come in. There is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is necessary so that we can bring a mighty harvest. I'm not just talking about a few. I am talking about hundreds and thousands. Even here in Niagara Falls, I would even say tens of thousands. Oh, pastor. There's a mission that the Lord wants to do through us. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, in as as both in my chains. So here's a reference to his being incarcerated. So he was able to write, he could still write. The, the letters would go in and out, and especially out, we have it here. And in the defense, and confirmation of the gospel. You are all our partakers with me of grace. In the defense, this is a, a reasoned statement. The defense of something, you just don't say, well, I think this or I think that. There's, there is a defense that Paul makes and would have us make and know of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we would know Jesus, the good news of Jesus, and to be able to defend that with others, to make reasoned statements, or arguments, and confirmation of the gospel, of verifying, the verifying of the gospel in your life to others. You all are partakers with me of grace and the grace of God is part of this. This book starts off with with, hey, that the peace and grace of God would be out to all of you. I want you to know, because I'll tell you right now, when we are looking not at having fellowship with the gospel. There's not a defense of we, we haven't really pondered the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ. We haven't pondered Jesus Christ. We haven't made a defense of Jesus Christ in our lives and a verifying of Jesus in our lives. So what happens is we get stuck with, yeah, I got saved when I was seven years of age. That's about where we end off. And the Lord is saying, listen, I want that there is a defense and a confirming, a verifying of the gospel, the good news of Jesus in your your life so you can be partakers of the grace of God. The grace, the the things, the plans, the purposes, the things, the heart of God for you is let, let it be, Lord. for God is my witness, how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Listen, I man, I wish I could be with you. I can't. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not allowed to leave this place. I love you. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. The love you have for the Lord and the love that the Lord has for you, the love that you would have for others, would abound, it would flourish, it would grow more and more, how? In the knowledge and all discernment. Knowledge of what? The good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Man, we need to recognize who Jesus is to us, Beyond salvation, beyond salvation. This thing of discernment, it, it, we're talking about perception by our intellect up here. So knowledge comes, I'm giving you facts. Today, I am giving you knowledge. You, What you're gonna do is you're gonna grab, it's gonna go, it's going into your head. And at this point, there's a discerning of this knowledge that's coming in. I'm gonna either accept or reject the Word, I'm gonna accept or reject the gospel, the good news of Jesus to me this morning. I'm gonna reject it or I'm gonna accept it, I'm gonna grab a hold of it. I can I can be casual with it, I can just stay at this point of I'm saved, and that's all. I've got my own plans and purposes, and I'm saved. But the Lord, Lord is saying, man, when it comes to, to life, somebody mentioned it's all about me. The world is it's just about me, what I want. But I'll tell you, me by myself, We very quickly recognize the importance of relationship to love and be loved. I wish there was somebody that loves me. An abounding of the love of the Lord in my life, in our lives, and that it would expand out from us, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve The things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, listen, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. We sang today, I love that song, my one defense, my righteousness, my God, my Lord, my Jesus, how I need thee. My righteousness or His righteousness in my life, and this is being filled with the fruits, fruits of righteousness. Fruit has to do with, hey, when you have a fruit. The fruit of His righteousness in my life, there's, an ex- there's things that others can say, I taste and see that the Lord is good because of the fruit in your life in our lives, that others, those that don't know Jesus, it is about others, it's not just me. I need to expand who Jesus is to others, but before I can do that, I need to know Jesus myself. I really need to know the good news of Jesus Christ myself, the extent of it, and today I want to expand the gospel of Jesus Christ to you. His righteousness on us, and there's a fruit, there's, a, there's growth, there's development of good things as a result of his righteousness on us. To the glory and praise of God, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. Not our righteousness, not how good I am, but my faith in Jesus Christ, his righteousness on, on, on me, on you, And that there's a fruit that comes of that that others can taste and see, oh, the Lord is good. So, I mentioned, there's a work that needs to be done, not just this summer, but beyond, before the return of the Lord, that the goodness of Jesus Christ would be known to those that don't know Jesus. Because without Jesus, there is... No hope. There's a perceived hope and people as they grab a hold of something, it just vanishes like it's gone in thin air. I, ca- I can't grab a hold of it. I thought that's where my hope was. I thought my hope was in my education or my career or my finances or my wisdom or whatever it may be. And as I att- try to attain those things, it just it's gone. My hope is in Jesus Christ. It needs to be in Jesus Christ. That message needs to go out to those that are lost. So I mentioned last, I think on Wednesday or last week, last Sunday, this summer, one of the things that I mentioned, I I indicated this weird day where I look outside the window and my, there's a few of my neighbors, they're all looking in the sky. So I come out, and I look up, I don't see anything. And so I, I head over to them, next thing you know, there's like 15 of us outside all looking up in the sky. So we were waiting for some experiment that the, uh, some rocket that was launched from Bermuda that had a certain, <clears throat> chemicals in it, and they were going to release, and uh, it would it had something to do with the magnetic uh, forces and, and whatever around the globe. And they were going to be able to see, we would be able to possibly see if the conditions were right, this whatever flash or whatever as it was released. Never, we didn't see anything. But there was 15 or so of us outside, and the conversation went to, Hey, so this summer, now this thought has been in my mind for years, this summer, that there would be a block party. The the thought didn't didn't come up with me, but it came up with my neighbor, next door neighbor. Hey, we should have a block party when things open up. Okay, good, yeah. Yeah, I'm in with you. Sure, let's do it. The other day, I'm walking around the block, and I see, as I'm walking Abby, and I see my neighbors coming. And I said, I, we, we struck up conversation as they were leaving, said, hey, listen, this block party, we need to do it. Let's do it. All right, we're going to do it. Just, I, I am believing that the Lord will do a work, as we are willing to be used by the Holy Spirit, the Lord will do a work of opening up the doors. He's opening up doors. And now it's like people, they, they wanna be together. They want to, to get together. We, when we're being restricted on not getting together, now we recognize the importance of relationship and even with our neighbors. They have needs. The greatest need they have is, man, when Jesus, when the trumpet sounds, that they would be ready to go to, my heart is God. That my neighbors would be ready when the trumpet sounds, I got to tell them. So, to know Jesus, I, I just, so I want to just quickly go over uh, Jesus. Can I just, I want to expand John to you. When it comes to John, yes, in, 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 uh, John 20, verse 31, I believe. It, it, John writes, he says, that you would know these things. I've written these things down. I, there's a lot of things that Jesus did. And, and I, I, their volumes could be filled on what Jesus did. But I've written down these things that you might know and believe in Jesus so that you may have life. Now, when we look, and, I, and that, this life is a full, vigorous, exciting life. I, I, I look at my life and I just say, you know what? Is it, is it easy? No. Is it exciting? Oh, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen from day to day. Things get shifted around on me and whatever. Listen, when you, things don't necessarily work out the way you want or you have planned for them, don't worry about it. If you are under the lordship of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is allowed to work, the next thing you know is that the Holy Spirit is orchestrating things. He's saying, well, there's things that I have set for today. I'm making some changes in your plans. So I, I, I'll tell you, life is exciting at this point in time. And even little connections. So if the f- plans that I had yesterday would have been fulfilled. I wouldn't have had a connection with my neighbor yesterday and it was just to recognize where he is at. Where the man is at physically and health-wise. To know where he is at emotionally, how he's thinking regarding life at this point in time and so he was, we just stood. I was supposed to be barbecuing So this is happening around 6 o'clock. I said, Julie, I'll be back at around 6 o'clock and we'll barbecue. And so it's already like, I'm 15, 20 minutes. I let those things go because right now there's something happening here. You say, Pastor David, did you lead him to the Lord? No. Did you share the gospel with him? No. But I know exactly where he's at. And Lord, you will orchestrate... The moment when I can share the gospel there has been a number of times over the last 15 years that I've had opportunity just to give a little something here, a little something there. Another thing, for the sake, I want to see my neighbors saved. I want to see people get saved. Jesus, going way past salvation. That's the beginning. If you gave your life to Jesus, how far have you come? It is the moment you gave your life to Jesus was the moment you started the race. How have you run the race since the time you got saved? We've got the Olympics coming up. I've been watching. I, 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 was, I coached track and field for years. And so I'm, I, I'm interested, especially in the different things in the times and, and the different people that are, are, are contenders to, to finish the race well, to do well. How have you been doing? You started the race when you gave your life to Jesus. Are you continuing the race well? Are you doing well? Are you running well? It's not a sprint. It is an endurance run, and an endurance run is not easy. That we would finish the race well. That we would let go of the weights that are weighing on us. There are things that you allow to weigh in on you. Just let them go. Because you have no control over it. I'm not saying don't have plans and and, and goals and whatever. Let the Lord direct you in that. Lord, let my plans and whatever uh, tie in with what you have for me. In fact, let it be your will be done in my life. That you would finish the race well. Well, I want to finish the race well. In Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How? How do we do it? Looking on to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. it began with the lord as we grabbed a hold of Jesus and what he did for us on the cross and it needs to continue right till the to the end and the lord is saying i want you to finish and i want you to finish well and i'm saying to you if you're if you've been sort of lagging along it's like oh my goodness and maybe you've been going around in circles and it's like whoa hey what's happening you got to finish stay the course get back on track finish the race Finish the race well now. Look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He completed the mission so that we can complete the mission. That when the trumpet sounds, man, that he would say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. Jesus said to all and Luke nine twenty three says if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself take up his cross daily and follow me in John the Gospel of, of John Jesus is Savior Jesus is there is a focus a third of John is the last 12 hours of Jesus life seven chapters dedicated to the last 12 hours of Jesus life Jesus Christ and him crucified if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me and I want to say this to you and you've heard me say this again and again listen Jesus being savior, that's what John is all John focuses in on. Jesus being savior. Jesus, we have our salvation through his death and resurrection for us on the cross. On his death on the cross and his resurrection. Listen, him being savior for you is also for where you are at today. To help you through every single situation, not just salvation. Listen to me. It's not just salvation for me 50 years ago, but the last number of years, man, it's a completely different way of living life. Jesus Christ and him crucified. You say, how practical is it? I'll tell you, Jesus Christ and him crucified for my finances. Let me just give you Financially, from where I was as a teacher and what I'm making as a pastor, is a lot less, much less. I'll tell you, oh man, has the Lord worked miracles financially. Doing miracles, I, I share the story of my, my car financially. I knew that the car that I was supposed to get, I didn't pay, I didn't buy a new car, I don't buy new cars. I'll tell you, it's, a new car is a poor investment. And I, I don't want to hit anybody that if they bought a new car, Okay, that's up, that's up to you. For me, it's a poor investment. When I drive off the lot and it's $5,000 cheaper or less less value than five minutes before. Anyways, long story short, I knew that the the, the one day we went up to Toronto, I looked at six cars, I bought, The last one, Julie and I, we knew that that was the car. We bought the car. It was a used car. Within three weeks, my daughter takes it out for a drive and she just hammers it like, let's see what these 330 horses will do. And so she just steps on it. And there's a slipping from one gear to the next. I say, "What? Why is it slipping?" I bring it back. I say, "Hey, there's a 30-day warranty on it." I brought it back. The guy said, "Let me take a look at it." And so they had the car for 2 weeks. When I came, he says, "You've got an intermittent transmission problem." And I knew that. There's a, there's a problem with the transmission and it's intermittent. Doesn't happen every time. I knew that. I said, well, is there anything that you can do about it? Uh, you've got an intermittent transmission problem. But well, can you fix it? You've got an intermittent transmission problem. So he was telling me very clearly, for goodness sake, get rid of the car. That's exactly what I did. I gave the car, I said, hey, I'm not taking this because they weren't going to fix it. It would have cost me thousands of dollars to fix it. I said, Lord, how could you do this? I knew, because we asked, we prayed before. I'm talking about finances now. Lord, we prayed before we went, we knew this was a car. Long story short, the same car, same color. It had the one thing that was an issue on the car I had bought, it was fixed. It even had, I wanted to change some emblems on the car. It even came with that changed. And it was $3,000 less. I had been looking for six months. I don't rush into stuff financially, very careful. I knew that the car I bought originally was the cheapest by far of any car that was on the market. The Lord knew it. And He says, Dave, I've got your finances. Jesus Christ and Him crucified for my finances. It's not. I don't want to say just salvation. Don't get me wrong. It's salvation. If you're not saved, I'll tell you, you're going to spend eternity apart from God. You need to be saved from your sin that separates you from God. But the Lord wants to be Jesus Christ and him crucified for my finances. And so what happened was, $3,000 $3,000 saving because the Lord knew that that car was coming up, and he's saying, I've got this car for you. I bought the car, the first car in December. I didn't get the second one until February. And you know what the amazing thing was? That he, The guy kept my car for over two weeks, and he was delaying and delaying and delaying. The day that I brought the car back and actually gave it up, I went A few days before that, two days before that, this car came up for $3,000 cheaper. And I went and I got the car. Or that day, I dropped the car off. I went and looked at the other car. And I said, hey, I'm going to buy this other car. Because that's the God that we serve. Jesus needs to be your Savior for daily things every single day. So I gave you an example of finances. Let me give you an example of health. You know that as I continued on with marriage, that every year I was gaining weight. And you saw it, You knew some of you know me from when I was a teenager. And I was becoming a little bit more and more portly along the way, a little more and more stout. Whatever word you want to use, it was overweight. To the point of high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes. Jesus Christ and him crucified for every single thing of my health. Now I'm still not where I should be. Thanks Clarence. Clarence uh, say, can I Well, I want to bless you. We had the other day a little feast. There's a few of us together. I'm not quite where I should be at, but let me just say this. I have been able, in all the years, and I have tried, and I'm disciplined. I have tried in different ways to keep the weight off, and I could not, and it was just Jesus Christ and him crucified for my weight issue. I've been able to hold off almost 50 pounds from about four or five years ago. I don't have, I'm not taking any medication, and I'm not saying anything against medication, but I want you to know, hey, let let Jesus Christ be your savior today, not just 50 years ago, not just 20 years ago, not just the day that you got saved, but for today, Jesus Christ and him crucified for every aspect of your life. There's an acknowledgement. Why do we have communion regularly? So that we remember my body that was broken for you and my blood shed for you. I'll tell you what Jesus Christ and him crucified. I am saved and I don't have to work at my salvation. I used to work at my salvation. Oh my goodness, I need to read so much every day. I need to pray so much every day. I need to make sure I come to church. I need to help others and whatever. And I did it. And I would still slip because my faith was in myself doing certain things, are these things good? You better believe they're good, but not for salvation. And when my faith is in Jesus Christ for my salvation and my condition before him, it takes care of the sin aspect. So I know, I have no doubt. It's not like, well, am I saved? Have I done enough? No, my righteousness is his righteousness or his righteousness is upon me. It's not my righteousness because I haven't, I'm not good enough. Even as a pastor, I'm not good enough, by far. Jesus Christ and him crucified to take care of where I am spiritually today. Today, right now. You say, hey Dave, if you died today, would you be in heaven? Absolutely. Why? Because my faith isn't in myself, my faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was determined you would know nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. We need to know the good news of Jesus Christ, really, so that when we tell others, we tell it with convincing to verify it, to confirm it to those that don't know Jesus. Well, you know what, Jesus, I think he can help you. I think. Listen, it's not just Jesus. John is about Jesus Christ being savior. At the beginning, in the middle, right to the end. The author and finisher of our faith. Taking up the cross. Let me just go quickly here. Oh, wow. Okay, just quickly. The good news of Matthew, or the good news, or the gospel of Matthew, Jesus is Lord. That's why at the end of Matthew, he says, all authority has been given to me. All authority has been given to me to me. I am king. Now listen, When we've been talking about this the last two months as we've gone through Colossians verse by verse by verse, and the first two chapters have to do all about Jesus being preeminent. I've called it the preeminent series, uh, Wednesday nights. If you haven't, thank God it's all on. You can call it up and go YouTube or online to our website, Lighthouse Niagara, and look At the beginning, the very first one is called preeminent or first. Preeminent, colon, first. Check it out and go from there. And it says in Colossians 1, verse 18, it talks about him being head. He is the head. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Can I just say this? Matthew is indicating to us, and there's throughout the passage are different books of the Bible. Jesus needs to be Lord. Jesus will is Lord, but we need to make him Lord are first and preeminent in our lives. If Jesus is not first in your life, I'll tell you, this is what happens. And the circle can be like this, a little tiny circle, or it can be a really big circle, or it can be this thing of a going off on this tangent. We're supposed to go here, and we're going like this. And it's like we, we come around and around and around because Jesus is not Lord in your life. And Jesus desires to be Lord in our life because the plans and purposes. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that we would walk in them. The things that the Lord has for us to do, they are good folks. You say, oh man, I've been doing my own thing. And it's not, man, it's been a struggle. It's not been easy. And it's like, oh, life is so hard. The good news is this. You can make a brand new end. I don't care how much you've circled and how much, whether it's a big circle or just a little one. You just go around faster and faster. The Lord, as he is your Lord, now, That's why Jesus said, deny yourself, take up the cross daily, Jesus Christ and him crucified. The cross daily is Jesus Christ and him crucified and acknowledgement of that daily by faith. It's not like this, oh man, my life is so hard. The last part is, and follow me. Jesus is Lord. Your will done in my life. Then I can say, it doesn't matter what may come, Jesus is Lord. He is victorious, it does not matter, even in the face of death. When I was at Denny's bedside, as he was in the last moments of his life, the last seconds of his life, there was no fear, there was no turmoil, there was just a peace of God and and just a tear, just running down his face as he went home to be with the Lord. There was nothing of fear in the face of death, They overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. My testimony is Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. And it says, and they did not love their lives even to the death. Even if it cost me my life, Jesus, I know where I'm going. Matthew declares the lordship of Jesus Christ and the Lord is saying it is up to you to make me Lord because he will never force anybody to say hey you are my servant you got to do what I say but as we make him Lord it's like Lord tell me what you would have me do and I will do it And the Lord has given us his word. Lord, let me do your word. Your word is life to me. Your word as you speak, it, I follow you. I will do it. Does not matter. I will follow your word and we will come through. COVID or no COVID. Government mandates or not. Does not matter. We will make it through because Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. We need to share Jesus with others. Man, we need to tell others about Jesus. And Luke, who also wrote Acts of the Apostles, emphasizes Jesus as the one that was baptized in the Holy, or the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. There's an emphasis I believe it's Luke 3, verse 16, where John the Baptist says, Hey, yeah, I'm baptizing, but there's one that's coming after me that I don't even have. Like, I, 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 I should, to even unlatch his, his sandals, I'm not worthy. Well, he will come and he will baptize in the Holy Spirit and in power. In the very last chapter, Luke 24, he says, I want you to wait until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. He says the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, he talks about, hey, you've heard me say that the promise of the Father is there and you can have the promise of the Father, receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth, to the end of time as we know it, to be a witness unto Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what? Some of us, we may have difficulty. Now listen, even baptized in the Holy Spirit, I can resist the Holy Spirit and even with the power of the Holy Spirit being baptized in the Holy Spirit, I have complete control to say yes or no. Truly, the Holy Spirit, it says he descended on Jesus like a dove, like a dove, gentle. The Holy Spirit is gentle. The Holy Spirit, we're talking powerful as we would once again, there's this thing of, I'm gonna allow the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me. I'm gonna be led by the Holy Spirit, I'm empowered. I'm gonna be led by the Holy Spirit to be a witness unto Jesus in these last days. To love Jesus, I, I think of, of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is t- to love Jesus more and more and more. And to be a witness to others of who Jesus is. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit allows in our lives. So that we can be that witness to those that are around us, to be sensitive. You know what? That's why I say saying life is so exciting. Because I don't, from one day to the next, I don't know what's going to happen. I've got my, all, my plans and I got all, everything for the, for the day and during, throughout the week and different things set in place and whatever. But I don't know how the day is going to go, because I don't know how the Holy Spirit's going to work. Holy Spirit, as you led and drove Jesus, I'm into that. Lead me. And this word of driving, I would would consider it to be more like this. That I, the Holy Spirit, when we think of driven, it's like, you know, there was a prodding of Jesus. To me, it'd be more like, hey, I'm being driven by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we got places to go. You're, you're driving. I'm, in a, I'm just going along for the ride now. Driven by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Can I just say this? <clears throat> one of the <clears throat> most exciting things is to share Jesus with somebody else. To me, that's one of the most exciting things at this time. To have an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody else. Or to be, I know that I'm a part of the Lord working on me and through me to bring others to Jesus. Let it happen. Let it happen. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. We come to Jesus and just like I baptize in water right underneath here. I'd never twist anybody's arm to be baptized. Willingly, you come, say, hey, pastor, I want to be baptized. By the way, there's a, there's a sign up for baptism. If you haven't been baptized yet, there's a sign up for baptism out in the foyer. Sign up. I, I want to, we need to have a baptismal service. And for those that have just recently been saved and uh, you haven't been baptized yet, sign up. But to be baptized by Jesus in the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, yes, let it be done. I wanna be led and driven in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let it happen, let it happen. Finally, Mark is presented all through every chapter. There's an interweaving of the gospel with the ministry of Jesus. As servant, he's a servant to serve others and to heal. Healer. Again and again is the power of Jesus to change people's lives. And Jesus, I want to say, read from Mark 16, verse 14. This is just before Jesus left the planet. It says, later he appeared to the leaven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Just quickly, they will... Cast out demons as they believe in Jesus' name. I believe in Jesus' name. I just want to say this. The last six months or or so, this thing of casting out demons, maybe it's, there is, even for uh, believers, I'm not talking about demon possession as in you're possessed by a devil, but I'll tell you right now, there there are some of you that are afflicted and vexed by demons, and even to the point of it being physical. Some of you are struggling with depression. You wonder where is that coming from? I'll tell you, there's a demonic, Says the, in Second Timothy 1 verse seven, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so when there's an anxiety there, there's a demon a, a fear, a spirit of fear that has is grabbed a hold and even your thoughts. And there's a there's an agitation, and sometimes it's just you you don't understand. And listen, in the last while, listen, that thing has to be cast out as in its afflicting you, it needs to be cast out in Jesus' name. Just last week or a week and a half ago, there's an incident with an individual, this person was contemplating suicide. Were they saved? Absolutely were saved. So depressed that they couldn't even get out of bed. And there was prayer in Jesus' name. We cast out this demon of, of, of that's afflicting in Jesus' name. This person that had been for six months could not get out of bed. And we're not talking an elderly. We're talking a young adult. And there was a casting out, because we have authority over the enemy. And it, this demon left that individual to the point where the very next morning got up immediately, got into the activities of the day. The following day, even as there were three that had prayed, the man's brother and his, the father and another pastor had prayed in Jesus' name. We cast out this demon that is afflicting right now in the thoughts and the minds. So listen, the Lord has given us authority. You go out. Those that believe in my name, they will do these things, they will cast out demons. And once again, I'm not talking about demon possessed, where you're, you're maybe the, that word is the wrong word. It's under the influence of and power of a demon, where the, the demon is influencing and there's a power over you to afflict physically. It says about those that were demon-possessed, he says that he healed them all. There are some of you that have, I, listen, there's, there's natural sickness and then there's other, a, a spirit of infirmity has latched onto you and you have... A manifestation it happened to me about two and a half three months ago and I needed others to pray for me man I was in from one second to the next I went from being perfectly fine to this this pain in my back someone say oh you, were, you had a kidney stone never had kidney stones in my life whether it was a kidney stone or not I'll tell you right now it was a demonic attack for two hours, I, there was a fighting, and I'll tell you, I have not been in such pain in my entire life. At, some, at one point, I was just laughing because there was so much pain. I don't know if that's ever happened to you where you're laughing, usually it's, you're crying. It's like, I cannot believe the pain, this is insane. But I'll tell you, there was a battle that took place, it took two hours, and after two hours, boom, gone. In Jesus' name. There was a fight that took place because some some things they don't want to leave easily, but it was gone in Jesus' name. Never came back. I haven't had it. I'll tell you right now, some of you are sick, not because it's a natural thing, it's because there is a spirit of infirmity that has grabbed a hold and attacked you. I know some of you might just say, hey, I'm not sure I can handle this. I've, I've been dealing for the last six months going through every single passage that has to do with Jesus interacting with the demons. You say, are demons real? Just a week ago, and once again, the Lord orchestrated things. I was speaking to a woman, and she said, you know what? And I, I, uh, this conversation should not have come up, and, but it, the Lord allowed for it to come up. We're talking seven years of age. Somehow, because there was no protection over her, not in, from a Christian home, we're talking involvement with demons that she saw and spoke to her over the course of years. She had, I said, well, was there somebody that, that got you involved in this? She says, no, there wasn't. That's scary. But all along, she kept saying, but Jesus is greater. Jesus saves. Jesus is over that. He's, he's so far beyond. This person just loves the Lord. I want you to know, at this time, that we have authority over the enemy. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. There's a, this aspect of be filled with the Holy Spirit. They will take up serpents. No fear. I'm afraid of serpents. They will take up serpents, no fear. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Protection in Jesus' name. And lastly, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen, let it be. Can we stand together? Jesus was on a mission. He completed the mission, but there's a mission that he desires to do in our life, and he desires for there to be a work, to be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of of Jesus Christ. Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord, make it so. Make it so that you would be real to us, Jesus. The good news of Jesus in our life. Let it be a reality to each and every one of us. Lord, I pray for those that don't know you yet. Lord, this is what we are here to proclaim the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus can take care of every single situation that any person may be facing spiritually, emotionally, relationally, financially, doesn't matter. Lord, you are, you are, above all. And Lord, we place you as being preeminent in our lives. Lord, work through us, even as you reveal yourself to us. To share others, to share with others, you, the good news, that they will come to have life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great day. Love you guys. Sorry, a little bit longer today. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, LighthouseNiagara.com.